Welcome to Chai with Sam Dosa. I'm your host, based in Birmingham, UK. My podcast, Chai with Sam Dosa, is in inception since June 2020. I had the privilege to invite so many amazing guests. My podcast is available on Spotify, iTunes, and all other major platforms. So check it out and give us your feedback as what would you like to hear more from me or what sort of guests would you like to get on my podcast. I will try my best to bring them on. And if you would like to be on my podcast, just drop me an email to sam at samdosa.com. So today I got another exceptional guest She is going to tell us more about her and tell us that what is her expert areas where she deals with. So let me invite my guest, Dr. Pat. Please welcome to Chai with Sam Dosa. Thank you, I really appreciate being here. It's a great day. Thank you. Please tell my audience who Dr. Pat is. Well, I am a... um, what I describe myself as I'm a doctor that has a lot of common sense. And, you know, there's a lot of things doctors tell people to do um, and they don't do them themselves. They don't apply them to their own families. And, um, and they don't have, there's no common sense behind the logic of their instruction sometimes. And people are fearful of, you know, like confronting that because they really, I don't know about in the UK, but in the United States, you only have like 15 minutes. So you have to make sure that you don't have any ands, buts, and, or, you know, and um, in your sentence structure, because you're going to waste that time when you're having in, like that intimate time with a doctor that you're trying to come up with. So I have a huge background and a very diverse background um, uh, in my history. But um, so I have, I'm a chiropractor, I'm a sports physician. I do, I'm, I have practiced functional medicine since 1992 under the auspices of Jeffrey Bland, he's a PhD. Um, he's been my mentor in that industry. And, you know, and, and I have certification in all those things and also in lifestyle medicine. So I have this whole big bag of tools and to boot on top of that, I'm an acupuncture physician. So I, I have all these tools that when somebody comes to me and we're talking about, hey, this is where I want to be and this is where I want to go. How do we do that? And so I've been blessed with that ability to, um, to, to surmise things and read in between the lines and help people, you know, have the mindset because that's what's the big thing lacking in healthcare is that mindset component and an advocating tool for themselves so that they can go from, you know, they can go, where's my health journey start as opposed to being confused about it. And by doing something that might cost them time and money and their life, I, you know, to being much more focused and having better outcomes and making sense. So many tool sets yeah. in your bag which means to give a lot of people a lot of opportunity or a lot of uh, areas to work with, which is amazing, mm-hmm. which is amazing mm-hmm. that you have uh, uh, that uh, capacity to help people in a completely different uh, variety. So tell us your purpose. Well, we, we know that you are so qualified in certain area, but 
who is exactly Dr. Pat is. I know you have done your own journey as well. And what has your purpose been? And do you know your purpose? Sure. If you want to know my why, yes, my why is to make, here you go. <laughs> my why is to make sense of convoluted, challenging, and confusing issues for people. It doesn't matter what industry, you know, and simplify it, which doesn't mean it's easier, but it's doable. So it's faster and it's better result, you know, and easier way to do it so that you can get unstuck, you can move forward, and you can still have results in the shortest, quickest period of time. So, <clears throat> excuse me. And so the people who, um, you know, I help in the, in my, the reason why that is my why is because I love to solve problems. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have enough problems to solve in the day, I can go out and get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> but <laughs> so to speak, because I, you know, I walk up to people and say like, hey, how long have you had that shoulder problem? You know, and I said, has your knee always bothered you? So I have been given this, you know, and I'm not scared to talk to anybody anymore because when I first started out 38 years ago, I would just say, you know, here's my card, come and see me and let me see what I can do for you. You know, as opposed to having a conversation with them, you know, and, you know, and I now I work, you know, almost hundred percent virtually um, with, you know, with somebody, no matter where they are at in the world, as long as I can speak that language. Um, and, it, it, you know, and for me, um, I get a lot of joy out of seeing somebody's light bulb go on, the dimmer switch go up and going, oh, you mean there's another way? You know, I help people get out of their box, you know, and see the possibilities, you know, and I always go back and the first thing that I really focus on is mindset because a lot of times we keep on doing the same things that our parents did and our grandparents did, right? And then the next thing you know, it's just like, I have the same disease as my parents did, my grandparents did. And it's because we keep on feeding the genetic pool in our body, the same stuff. And the difference is, is that when my mother grew up and when I grew up, we had organic vegetables. They weren't called organic. They were from live seeds, you know, sometimes my mother cultivated her own seeds, you know, to, for our next year's tomato plants, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, and so it was just like in, in the food change, the quality of the food, I, you know, there's so many ingredients in food that I always say, if you can't pronounce them, don't eat it because it's, it's, it's not good, <laughs> you know, and keep your meals to five ingredients. That's a goal for people. Um, because that part of it can be very, very helpful to, you know, and for me, I get a lot of pleasure, like I said, in seeing that light bulb go on or Dr. Pat, I tried that. It was so easy. I can't believe I never did that before, you know, and other times like, well, you know, let's, let's work with this because it didn't take you six months to get sick. It took you years to get sick. And a lot of people don't have that um that barometer so like when they're looking in the mirror they're not really noticing the lines until the lines are really there um and they don't have friends that are honest with them they go do i look good you know i always like say my girlfriend asked her husband one time when i was there when we were going out she goes do you think i look fat in this and he said yes <laughs> and she just was so upset but she asked him a question, don't ask somebody a question you don't want to know the answer to. But it gave her a barometer. I said, look at, use it as a positive 
and say, you know, maybe I'm, my clothes are starting to fit me tight. You know, maybe I need to take a look at what's going on in my diet. Is what I'm eating making inflammation in my body, which is one of the first things that make people sick, you know, is that inflammation. And if it keeps on festering, then you have more toxicity and you have more chronic illness and disease, right? And then you start thinking about it and women especially overthink it. And we're so focused on our families that we stay up at night and we worry about them. And those thoughts that we can't get a handle on make us have lower, you know, the higher stress hormones that exist and not lower ones. And so it's, it's hard to get a cap on it. So it undoes anything you do to get rid of inflammation and it does anything you want to do, like if you're eating really clean, it can undo some of those, those, those effects of what you're trying to do and accomplish, you know, so it's being aware of like the cleaning fluids that you use in your house and being aware of the chemicals you use for, um, you know, like for your garden, you know, and it's just like, cause there's a lot of natural things you can do to get rid of weeds, right? And yeah. pesticides and herbicides and insecticides, you know, if we don't have butterflies and if we don't have bees, we're not going to have an earth, <laughs> you know? And so it's, you know, being mindful of our environment and what needs to be there and, you know, um, and, and helping the earth heal because it's mad. It's <laughs> for sure. We've seen that. True. True. So, you know, you have touched on so many amazing areas and a lot of people are still oblivious to a lot of things. Knowledge is very important because sometimes in, Every culture has a different way of looking at things, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at the culture where they look at the doctor as their god, if the doctor has said mm -hmm. you have to have this, you will have it. You will not going to question them because, again, that is again yeah. that is the conditioning, the way our parents has been doing it. We are been listening to the same person. We are not actually questioning them because we think that we do not have that capacity to think outside the box. We always think. Or if that person is saying something to me, he must have the full knowledge about me or about my health or about mm -hmm. that area of expertise. So a lot of people do not actually question. And people who do question have the understanding that what are the repercussions if you are going to be not following that through as well, correct? And and there is one area, area which I wanted to ask you to work or tell me is you know, our emotions, you know, as you said, they convert into chronic issues. As, as, as you earlier mentioned about the stress hormones, that we are suppressing them constantly. We are not articulating them in any ways. Also the emotions, a lot of emotions we carry, a lot of emotions. And emotions are those things which you are not going to articulate. What you're going to do, you're going to suppress them in your body. And that convert into a chronic problems, a chronic disease in your body. What are your thoughts on the emotion side of it? Well, um, you know, I am also as a, I'm a licensed um, acupuncturist. So when and I don't do acupuncture in a very typical way because I first do I do a thing called kinesiology. So my first conversation with somebody when I actually do needles on them in a place where I'm licensed to do that because you can't just do them. Um, you have to, I always ask people about what's going on with them emotionally, you know, and then, you know, I have been given a gift to be able to like read between the lines. And I said, so what you're really telling me is, you know, am I right with that? And do you have a problem with, you know, whatever it is, because it all comes back down to mindset. 
and people, you know, you say people have emotions, you know, that they're not dealing with. And it's because perhaps, you know, I have, I worked in an office uh, last year before COVID happened. And um, it was an office that was pretty much Hispanic. And so I had no clue what anyone was saying, but I kept on having, I had an interpreter and I had um, these women that kept on saying to me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I said, why are you saying you're sorry? It drove me crazy. I said, why are you saying you're sorry? And they go, well, doctor, you know, if I ask them to move to the end of the table from where they were sitting, I'm sorry. And I said, you say, I'm sorry a lot. And they said, they do. And I said, stop saying you're sorry. And I said, there's nothing to be sorry about. Just move to the end of the table and just say, okay. You know, it's more positive and it's more, it's looking at the glass half full, more energizing than different. You know, in one time I went to go visit a friend of mine from, I was in Spain and I went to Italy for, you know, American Thanksgiving there. And my girlfriend married an Italian guy and we got a turkey and we cooked it. And at dinner, I made everybody say what they were grateful for, three things. And, um, you know, instead of saying a regular prayer, because that's what Thanksgiving in America is about, is being grateful for what you have and sharing it with people. And my friend's husband said, the Italian guy said, don't expect my mother to say anything positive. Whatever you do, don't expect her to say anything positive. And the amazing thing was after, because she went last, as the amazing thing is when she heard everybody else say that what they were grateful for, you know, and for being someplace or having the ability to have the freedom to have a meal like this and, you know, and sharing, there was like 15 people there and uh, I can't, and we cooked the whole meal in one little oven um, in a little stove. It was fun. It was a lot of fun, but she came up with three of the most important things for her that were, um, were, that she was grateful for, you know, and, and so she's just, you know, and what she said was her son almost, his mouth was on the table. He's going like, oh my God, mom, you know, and like, she, cause she can be, people can be that positive because when you do that, you molecularly change your energy in your body and then how your cells behave. So when you, you know, when you have a bad thought, say three thoughts, you know, and just like if you think something, people always say, you don't have anything bad to say about somebody. I said, oh, when I do, I find three things I like. You know, just like he did that, but I really like, or she did that. But what I really like about her is one, two, three. Because then I always thought that, you know, it, you end it on a, always ended on a good note. You know, you're not breaking the bridge and you're not putting too much weight on a bridge so that you don't, can never go back across that, you know, that channel or that pathway. Um, so, when people like tie in their emotions and there's a lot of people who have their ethnicity and their, you know, whether, you know, you're in India, I have friends of mine in India that they go, Pat, my mother thinks you're absolutely wild, but <laughs> you know, she goes, she loves you, but you're, it's like, I'm so out of the box for them. And, you know, at my girlfriend's wedding in, in Barcelona, she married into a very, 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 very conservative family. And at the wedding, we were just, you know, the, there was a group triangles, like the Bermuda Triangle of people. And we were laughing so much all, every two minutes, we were laughing at something, you know, and it's hard for people today to find things to laugh about, 
You know, you don't go, before you would go by cafes, you would listen to people talk and then you would hear people laugh. You know, I miss that. I miss hearing music when I walk down the street coming out of the cafe, you know, and seeing people smile. Um, there's, you know, there's these little things that, you know, that we, you know, to reconnect with like on the emotional component, but you've got to start within yourself because happiness is a choice. You know, and asking, you know, when you go in, you know, whether or not, you know, when you talk about a little bit about doctors being gods, the, um, I always sit, when I go in to see a doctor myself, you know, I always sit the president, I never tell them what I do, but I start off asking questions that, you know, I have a list of questions, I write them out. And I'll write them out for people. I help people with questions to ask their doctors, because if they ask the right question, they can get the right answer. And if they get the right answer, they can make an educated decision or take that information and go research it, Google, um, and get the information that they need so they can make an educated decision about what's best for them and best for their family to move forward. You know, so many times women, you know, I asked this question recently when, on a market research that I was doing. I asked executive females, um, you know, about, you know, if they're single, mothers, executive females, what happens, like, how do they plan meals? And every one of them said to me in the afternoon, they're always thinking, you know, and if, it depends if like they're the breadwinner or if they have, they're married and they have their spouse, their spouses always say, I never think about that. But at 2.45, three o'clock in the afternoon, most women are thinking, what nutritious meal can I make my kids? You know, and men, men just go like, I figure that out after I get off of work. You know, and so, and they're also thinking like, well, what if my kid gets sick? I've got to be able and be available. I have to have the flexibility to figure out how to get them home, you know, so that they can, you know, be someplace in a, in a loving environment. And what they also have to do for women, because when women work, they more masculine, but when they get off of work, they got to go back and be mothers again. And so when they get to that, that transition time, people do different things. They go have a cup of coffee, they have a cup of tea, they go walk on the beach if the beach is available. Um, and then they come home so that they can be 150% present for their children. Like, what did you do today? You know, who did you see? You know, what was your favorite part of your day? And so that, you know, they have some communication so they have that transition. But for women executives, you know, or busy professionals, you know, who have to like figure out food and everything, your day stops about three, four, three o'clock in the afternoon, 2.45 and saying, okay, what, we, what are we going to eat for dinner tonight? And what do I have? What do I have to go buy? You know, and every guy I've ever asked that question to goes, never, <laughs> never crosses my mind, you know, and so they can still continue to be on their work cycle and be at work and, you know, if their boss asks them to do something, you know, they usually can, you know, do it. And women's got to figure out like, okay, how do I get my kids home from school? You know, and, and, and that type of thing, especially if you're someplace at a distance where you're always, you know, have to drive to pick them up, you know, and, and that type of thing. I think that is, so, a, that is a quite a contrast of a lot of uh, dynamics are changing, as you mentioned about uh, uh, men and women who are also, there are men who are, has, careers break and they give their opportunity to their, their partner to just be be on the senior position and they look after the children as well and 
and vice versa. A lot of things is happening. Dynamics are changing in the society. Mm-hmm. Not all the all the society, but they're definitely in the UK, USA, Europe is changing. That men prefer uh-huh. to to stay at home and being a dad and spend time with the children and making sure that the food is ready, laundry is done, and making sure that when the wife comes home that she got a kappa in the hand and and she was being looked after as well as she does a full day job as yeah. well. And mm-hmm. there is another area where of the relationship and two people has to work in harmony. And that's where a lot of problems started to occur because to that harmony when, yeah, your choice to have children is your choice to to get married and have children. Nobody actually forced you to do that. But then when it comes to the responsibility, because men are conditioned to a lot of things, women are conditioned to completely different things in the society, yeah? Woman has mm-hmm. been brought up as to be a mother because she is only going to conceive the 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 the, 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 the she got the egg and she got to conceive the, the seed in there and then she going to have a baby. Not the man. Man is the provider mm-hmm. of the seed. That's it. But but the conditioning is a lot of conditioning is done to our, in in society that man has been given this upper hand every time that oh you are a man you are muscular and you can do this and you can do that. And that's where the lot of lot of things started to shift in our our journey as husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend and because you expect women to do a lot of things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. not realizing that that's not the case. We are supposed to be equal. We are supposed to be equal entity because well, your conditioning is done differently. I was always being spread with a silver spoon. So I would like to be fed again with the cereal by my wife as well. So that's mm-hmm. it's quite a contrast in those sort of areas where when we look at it, like, uh, in terms of uh, when when you bear a child, you are looking a child in the morning till evening because you are just feeding the child and and getting exhausted because your hormones are so up high and also you are feeling about yourself that oh. I look so disgusting now. I look ugly and this and that because you have this. Oh, my body is very big now, and I've just had delivered a baby. And your husband has gone to work, and he came back from work, and he was expecting the food to be ready. Yeah, sort of yeah. dynamics. And and then the woman thinks, really, I just delivered a baby. You just should be very careful what you are saying to me, because mm-hmm. there are a lot of. Hormones are going on. Even she's not saying those things, but man has to be very, uh, very intuitive in regards to how he deals with the emotions. Because we are not being told about men are just been given this uh, this uh, medal as you are going to be the one who is going to be looking after everything in the house in terms of uh, fixing things and bringing being a breadwinner and everything. So these are all conditions, correct? In, 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 they, they are, well, they're, you know, they're preconceived. This is how it's supposed to be, you know. Um, but even in the same time, because it's still very much a man's world, I believe, um, you know, you sell the men that I asked when I, because I have a lot of get acquainted calls on LinkedIn um, with different people, you know, the men who I asked that question to, they all said, not one of them ever said, even if they were a single dad, they thought about what they're going to feed their kids at three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, 
Um, and, you know, and if they're single dad and they, ha they have the kids, you know, a lot of men haven't really expressed, um, you know, something really special, I think. And like that, since the you all Europe went back on lockdown significantly, is that more men that I speak to from there all said to me that they are so entranced with making sure their children are protected. And so where they felt that before, they really feel it now because some of them, you know, the, com the guys who I say have a lot of common sense, one and one are not adding up um, in specific things and what's going on in the world right now in regards to uh, COVID and what happens to viruses, which they always morph anyway. The idea is to get the immunity from one to the other. But the, um, you know, it's just like, what do you do? Like, how do you eat? How can I improve my meals so that I can be, you know, as healthy and strong as possible so I can make better decisions? Because if you eat well, you think well, you know, and how I can create balance in my life for not only for me, but for my children, you know, because I don't want that new normal, you know, to really happen. You know, I want my children to be able to have, you know, freedom. We don't have those freedoms anymore. Um, and they want to have, you know, um, initiatives for wellness, you know, like what can I do like on a small scale? So I always say when quote unquote crap hits the fan, you've got to go back to basics, you know, and basics might mean like, hey, we've got to do this together as a team. You know, I always think in terms of team um, and who's my partners, if my clients, my clients and I are a team. You know, my colleagues and I are a team because I always think two heads are better than one, you know, and I really love to foster that common sense in people because it's gone. I mean, when I listen to some, you know, especially the media speak, I, I'm sitting there thinking, who believes these people? I mean, there's not, it, you know, their stories you know, and, and they're, they do such a good job at delivering their sensationalism that, you know, you can easily get wrapped up into it. So I always make a point of not watching the news, you know, and getting, you know, I have a way to get bullet points. This is what I need to know. And what I need to know what happened in the world today, I can go research that one thing, you know, as opposed to spending an hour or two in front of the TV. You know, I, was, I stayed in the Airbnb back in uh, June um, when I was in transit doing some uh, first line type stuff. And this, <laughs> I was sitting there doing something at the table and this woman came home from grocery shopping and she took, because she said that they told her to do that on what some station she watches all the time. I don't want to say the station, they'll probably find me. <laughs> Just teasing. But they, she would take the Clorox that you clean your tabletops with and she sprayed her food with it. You know, and then she would dry, she dried it off and then she soaked it in vinegar and water. And I just said, you're killing yourself. I mean, that that's toxic to do that, you know? And she goes, well, I want to make sure my food's clean. I said, germs are everywhere. You know, if you don't have enough germs that you're in contact with, you're going to have really poor immune systems. And, you know, that's why kids walk on, you know, crawl on the ground when they're babies, right? Because the idea is to like, you know, to naturally build up herd immunity to numerous things. But, you know, you have so many microbiomes that are in your intestinal gut that when, 
you know, and that's your first line of defense, um, you know, you've, you've got to take a look at how that all correlates to each other. You know, so th that is, you know, they're in, you know, and I have, you know, I don't have young friends anymore because I'm older <clears throat> and my nieces and nephews have all had kids. They're just, you know, their kids are in their early twenties. Um, so I'm, I look at like, you know, you know, how things have, you know, transpired down the way and like, and what happened and what, how, how do we end up with so many millennials that have, you know, their ability to go from their, their reasoning ability. Sometimes I just sit there and think, how did you ever get this job? And, and cause it just, that common sense component is missing, you know, and people don't pick up books anymore to read them. You know, it's almost like a lost art. You're listening to them, you know, as opposed to having doing using all three ways that people learn well. So that's, uh, you know, very visual by feeling and by, you know, and listening, you know, at the same time, that's why you read a book or you read something out loud to yourself um, is so that those three things, all those ways to learn are covered. So when p women have babies, you know, they don't like their bodies usually. Very few people snap back in. Some people gain too much weight. They're not really monitored for like, what can you eat that is, you know, you got to go back to basics. What do I need to eat to have a healthy baby and keep myself healthy? And gain, you're going to gain weight because you have 10 pounds plus that you're carrying around with you until you deliver it. But you have to have the right nutrition you know, and diet and nutrition are two different things. You know, you can have a diet, you know, that, you know, but you not, your diet doesn't necessarily mean that it's nutritious for you and it fosters your health, you know, or fosters your immune system. And you can have, you talked about chronic illness a little bit, you know, and something that you just said, and you can have things going on that are below the surface. So you have things that are festering and then, you have in your, but your immune score in the, my book, Why Are You Sick, Fat and Tired? That immune score could be down low, but you can see these other high scores while your body's being taxed, you know, by those high scores and where your high priorities are at, you know, and things that are your weakest link in your immune system and in your life, you know, and you have to take a look at the five components of like, where is my weakest link? Where's my big weakest link? And then how did we correct it by looking at organ systems, which are alleged, you know, they're not allegedly, but they're, um, they work together like a Swiss watch. Everybody knows what a Swiss watch is, mm -hmm. you know, and, and everybody wants one because they work so well, but when they don't work, they're dead. I mean, it's just like, it's the same thing with our bodies. When our bodies, those, all those organ systems, you know, your gut brain connection, you know, and how you detox your food, all that relates to each other. Right. And so when you, you can have, you can say like, oh, I'm healthy. That person looks healthy, but underneath the surface, you know, the sick part in the title of my book takes a while for people to manifest that. So you need to always look at what's lurking below the surface. Is there something, if so, how do I start my health journey to approach that and target that one particular thing or two particular things? And if I let it go, what is the potential for it to go affect those other parts of the Swiss watch? It's huge and it makes a big difference. Yeah, very true. I think a lot of times what is happening right now in the society or in the world is that people are looking for shortcuts. We are not looking for the longevity of our health. We are looking for how quickly I get slim 
so I will starve to death. I will become mm -hmm. uh, bulimic. Oh, I'm not going to eat this specifically, this specific food. I, you never know that you are not deficiency. Your deficiency might be something else and you stop eating, for example, uh, cheese or, or milk or something like that. And you started losing your hair and everything because the calcium in your body started to reduce and you're not realizing it because you think that might help me to reduce my weight. Somebody says to me, just do that. So because we are not listening, we are not actually understanding our body correctly. And we are just jumping on to one thing to another thing to find the solution for our issues. It's like you are just going to a, 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 a ice cream parlor where you will see so many different flavors and you say, I will have all the flavors one by one try let me try all the flavors and i will see whether which flavor is a good flavor for me it doesn't work with your body correct you need to understand everything is in your mind as well that's that encapsulate a lot of things if you started to uh, create a, a positive or a, a very resilient mindset you will see things differently for yourself and for others around you well, that's true, you know, and also, you know, you made a, a fundamental point that um, is that when people like, you know, and this is a myth, people think that when they have an allergic reaction to food, you know, usually when someone eats something and if you don't feel good after you eat, you can say to yourself, that meal wasn't good for me. So if you really are in tune with yourself, you can ask yourself, what is it in that meal? that I eat, do I not now feel good? Because that's one way. Second way is you eat food that's, you know, and you don't realize you're having a reaction to it because that reaction happens five days later or three days later or a week later to that food because you're very sensitive to it. Like in my instance, I am very, very sensitive. I do not eat turmeric and I do not eat cumin. And that because when I eat them, I have the same symptoms as being having the flu. <laughs> it's just, you know, and, and it's just like it's supposed to be anti-inflammatory. For me, it creates inflammation, but I don't realize that day one. You know, I realize that many times, like day three, until I realized and could identify a specific item. So if I have that, it's not a good thing. <laughs> um, and you ha have to go through this, you know, if it, it's if it's snuck into something that I don't realize, but I don't like the smell of it. So if foods that you don't really have that affinity to, unless you do a food reactivity test, you wouldn't know. I mean, for years, I know a story of a woman who had blood in her stools for 10 years on and off, and they couldn't figure out you know, what was the cause of it? They tried alternative things they tried, which are costly. They tried Western medicine things, which is time consuming and didn't work. And they finally said to her, you know, we're going to have to put, you know, a bag on you because we just don't know what else to do and take out the bad part of your gut. And so, you know, she said, I have six kids. What am I supposed to do? And he said, well, and she goes, can I go swim? No. Can I play with my kids? Like if I play baseball with them? No. So you're telling me I have to stop my life. You know, I'm in my mid thirties, late thirties. And I have, you know, she had twins, you know, they just popped up. And 
so she found she found that she said i'm going to go try i'm going to look outside by box and when she did she found somebody who did a food sensitivity test with her and her favorite food that she craved was the food that was causing the problem and so you it's like wow so she was eating avocados and she would go like two or three weeks you know and not eat them and then her gut would feel better and then she would go thinking, oh, I should buy avocados because avocados are supposed to be good for you. It's a monosaturated fat and, you know, things like that. And so, you know, then she would eat it and she'd have the problem again. When she learned what foods that she should never, ever, 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 ever in her long life put in her mouth, you know, she cut those out. And one year later, her gut was perfectly healthy. So she was able to avoid the surgery. Because that's what they do. I mean, is that, that's what Western medicine does. It's like the fire department. If you come and, you know, have a fire in your house, they come with hoses and axe. So if hoses are the medications that wash things down and the axe is surgery, when after they hose everything down, they don't know what else to do, then they start tearing down the walls, you know, and they just the same thing in your body. Recently, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you are completely, completely aligned with what you are saying, and I, I'm just wanted to share my my brother, my my younger brother. He have some uh, symptoms where he started to pass uh, blood, and then mm -hmm. he says that he might have a piles. So he went to mm -hmm. a normal physician, and the first thing he said to the no, no, the first thing the normal physician says to him is, "We'll do an operation for you." We'll get rid of yeah, cut cut it out. Cut it out. But but don't know why you have them yeah, in the first no, place. No. And then he says and he was like he was confused. But then a couple of people he spoke to and they says, No, there is another way around. You should start eating certain different food which will pass your your stool in a completely different uh, texture. And then mm -hmm. also my aunt said, why don't you start going to a homeopath? That could be the way forward. Do not mm -hmm. go for operation. And he did not go for operation. And he actually went to see a homeopath. And homeopath has said, you do not have any piles. It's something else. So we will treat that with our, our uh, uh, medicine. And let's see how everything rolls from. Because he also suffered from from asthma and this is another area which he affects mm -hmm. so I, I well when I spoke to him he was feeling much better but for six days the agony was like he could not sit properly he could not go to the loo and he mm -hmm. was having so much pain that he could not bear to talk to people uh-huh well so, sometimes you know the universe always wins you know mother nature wins all the time and how mother nature wins is that you you know, it's like when, when you get sick, people don't pay attention to like things that matter, like their health. They don't pay attention to like, maybe I'm not really feeling well and I need to like lay off certain foods, like give my digestive system an opportunity to heal and calm down so that I can, you know, and then, you know, figure it out. So like, for instance, um, the first chapter in my book that has questions is all about the gut, but it targets four areas of the gut, those questions, you know, and then from the gut, when you absorb things, if you, if you, your lining of the gut becomes damaged, then when you eat foods, they escape into your blood system sooner 
then it start, your body starts going into an autoimmune response and starts to build up that autoimmune response. You know, and then those toxins that you that are in your blood now have to go to your liver. And when it goes to your liver, the liver doesn't do, nobody can detox the liver. It's a bad thing to even consider it. You don't want to purge the liver. It's a bad thing. But what you want to do is you want to tonify how the liver works so that when the liver gets rid of those toxins, they go back into the intestinal tract and you get rid of them either by stools or by, you know, urine. And so if your liver starts to get overwhelmed, you know, and it has these toxins coming from wherever, like you're eating poor foods, processed foods, your body does not recognize processed foods. So it's going to try to store it. So when the liver gets overwhelmed and the damage in the intestinal tract keeps on going on, when it gets overwhelmed, it stores it in blood, brain, bone, and fat. And so every fat cell in your body is part of your endocrine system. It's, you know, and so you have to think about what is it that I have complete control over? You know, one thing should definitely be your thoughts, but that's, that's a, that's why I coach people in mindset. Um, But the second thing is, is that you have control of everything that you put in your mouth. So it's either enhancing your health or it's taking away from your health. So if you really want to be healthy, then you have to be incredibly mindful about what you eat, why you're eating it, you know, and what's the, you know, what's, what's my outcome. If I want to eat too, because I want more muscle, then is eating potato chips going to accomplish that? I don't think so. Um, Is, or you call them crisp in um, England. (laughs) And so, you know, you got to take a look at like, what are those healthy things that, you know, that enhance my health. And so when you don't feel, or if you get tired after a meal, you really just got to close your eyes for two minutes and think, what was in that meal that did not fit for me? You know, and you can, something will come up um, and you'll say that then you go like, okay, so how can I enhance the digestion? Well, it's easy to do that, you know, over the counter type thing. You can drink, you know, one, if you use my hand as an example, you can have lemon juice, you know, or vinegar mm-hmm. in here to this much water, you know, and it's like a, you know, round glass that people sometimes drink scotch out of, they're called, I don't know what those glasses are called, but out of eight ounces, you know, one of those, um, you know, just, just a glass that like a normal, you know, wide mouth glass, um, you know, and putting like lemon juice or cider vinegar in that with the water, like after you eat can help you digest your foods better. And so, you know, a lot of times that takes off that sharpness of that, you know, like, why am I so tired? And I want to go take a nap, you know, and taking naps in the middle of the day is beautiful because they, you don't ever want, you know, in the sleep cycle, there's basically four cycles. And so the first two are when you're going into deep sleep, but the magic happens in the third and fourth level. And that third and fourth level is when melatonin levels are surging in your body. So taking a supplement earlier in the daytime is not going to help those up, uh, that melatonin level at one, four o'clock in the morning when you're sleeping or you're trying to sleep into deep sleep, stay in deep sleep so you can repair, revitalize and restore detox. That's when your brain detoxifies. Um, and then you go into REM. Now REM is rapid eye movement. And the reason what happens in the rapid eye movement is that you become paralyzed. 
your body does not move during that time. And so and that, it's a good thing that it doesn't because a lot of times that's where your dreams are. So you don't want to act out your dream and hit your spouse. <laughs> take that, honey. <laughs> and, um, you know, so in those first two, like if you're going to take a nap during the daytime, you want to set your clock for no more than 30 minutes mm -hmm. because you don't want to get into that third phase because, or when people wake up and they're really foggy and they're groggy is because they're still in the fourth, like third and fourth cycle, you know, and they're not back in their bodies yet. They haven't completed the whole cycle for getting up and, and that type of thing. So it's important to, you know, get the rest that you need because that adds into the factor of being able to, um, you know, have, be healthy, hit the ground running, you know, and taking that nap can have that same effect. It can restore your memory. It can be, you know, you can become more sharp after that 20, 30 minutes, you know, and, and it's amazing people, you know, I tell people, listen to white noise, you know, during that 20 minutes, listen to a meditation tape. Um, and you can listen to like binaural beats. You can listen to music, you know, uh, it's, it's, there's a, this is kind of like outside my box right now the there is a cd or on youtube i found a person who let animals in an animal shelter who are very barky you know to go to sleep they started playing mozart and within they're called canine lullabies and when those canine lullabies happen one dog stopped barking the next dog stopped barking the next dog and pretty soon the whole kennel was sound asleep you know, just by listening to music. So, you know, music, the symbol in Chinese medicine for music and the symbol for Chinese medicine, so for medicine and for music are very, very similar, you know, in the, the symbolism of them. When you look at them, they're very, very much alike. And so they have a really great effect. When people, you know, when, when they do sounding, when they meditate, like oming or they chant, you know, it's that same kind of frequency that helps people be able to like get back in their bodies, you know, and get their brain thinking and have an opportunity to do a little bit of restoration and revitalization and restoring in the midday, which is really good. I think uh, so many areas you have covered and there are so many things, you know, if we started to look outside the box, we can find solace in our, our journey. Our body can tell us everything when there is something wrong with our body, it tells us actually. And again, learning mm -hmm. from that experience is very important because then, then you know exactly what has to be put onto your, on, in, onto your plate and into your mouth. You're not going to be mm -hmm. eating rubbish. You're going to be mm -hmm. eating a sensible food. Another area which is you, you know, we gorge food when we are sitting in front of a TV. We are not mindful of what we are eating. We are not chewing the food properly. And I've learned the one thing which I've learned also that when you, uh, and fruit, especially fruit, a lot of people eat fruit after they have their dinner. Yeah. I was being told to eat fruit before you eat your dinner because your fruit actually create a, a layer of acid or layer of chemicals in your tummy, which digests your food very easily. What's your thoughts on that? I don't think people should eat too much fruit. <laughs> you okay. know, my, you know, one of my first clients ever, um, you know, came to me with stage four lung cancer. And so, she, you know, um, you know, and I said to her, you know, like, I don't know about, you know, 
I, I know that what I can help you with is I can help you go back to basics and create some foundation while you're transitioning. And can you get out of stage four lung cancer? I don't know, you know, and I said, but, um, and I don't work against you what your medical doctors or what your oncologists are telling you, but tell me what you're eating. And so what she said, what she was eating was um, smoothies. She goes, I have a morning shake every day. I said, well, what kind of, what are you putting in it? And I was expecting her to say kale, you know, and things like that. And she said, but no, she's having mangoes and she was having pineapple, um, bananas, you know, pineapple and bananas are the highest on the glycemic index. Um, and I said to her, do yourself a favor. And I said, and, and have, if you're going to juice, juice vegetables, green greater than, um, you know, green greater than, you know, any red or yellow, because those have a tendency to have more sugar in them, you know, so to speak, because a carbohydrate is a carbohydrate is a carbohydrate. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Some of them are complex. Some of them are simple. But I said, when you have fruit like that and you have cancer, it is like pouring gasoline on a fire. So, you know, I always, I caution people to like, you know, if you're going to have fruit and you have fruit, you know, beef, like, you know, there's some fruits that I would tell you having them before you've got to take a look at if they're, how acidic they are before you eat and like how soon before you eat, you know, because sometimes like the Italians sometimes have figs and prosciutto together, you know, and so this, you know, so, so you, you have to look at how does that chemically combine? So that's why I look, I have an offer, my clients um, a food combining chart so they can pair foods better. So if I'm gonna eat fruit and I want fruit, I will wait an hour after I eat dinner and then I don't want it anymore. <laughs> so, you know, or if I'm, you know, if I'm thinking I'm hungry, I have a glass of water. And then if I'm still hungry after a, a half hour, then I go eat something. But if I don't, if it's something like, okay, so it's, it's like learning to check in with yourself, yeah. you know, so, and people don't chew their food well, you mentioned that, and that's very quite true, because, you know, the, you know, I can remember when I was a kid, my mother used to challenge us to chew our food 22 times, you know, and, I, and why the 22, I, why 22 is the magic number, I have no idea, but, you know, I can remember sitting, sitting there with stuff in my mouth, thinking like, it's like I don't know I'm going to make it to 22 but a lot of times people just shovel food in and they're mindlessly eating as opposed to giving honor to the food that they're eating that's nourishing them yes. so that's why you know if people want to know why you bless your food is because you want to bless your food with things that have the ability to bless you that's why the choice of foods that you put in your mouth is so important and you know, and looking at, you know, the, the big game plan, like, you know, how, how does, how does this food work for me? So I recently had um, allergic reaction to something that got snuck in my food. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and what I did was um, I ate black cumin by accident and something. And I had two weeks that I have been restoring my gut from that one thing, but it was, you know, I didn't look at it as a negative Someone's like, oh, you struggled. And I, but I go, no, my body's functioning the way it was meant to be because if it didn't, it would keep those toxins in there. 
So it's functioning the way that God designed my body to because I have a toxin in it and it's expelling it from that environment. You know, so instead of, you know, looking at it, it was a bad thing. I also decided to just take that as a mini vacation, <laughs> not much of a vacation, but as a mini vacation. And I looked at remedies that really work. I had a friend who was from the Albert Schweitzer Institute and did his fellowship there under a PhD format. And he said, Albert Schweitzer used to give his, you know, for dysentery and for stomach upset, you have to replace the electrolytes in your system so you don't dehydrate. So how he did it in the jungle, he had water, sugar, and salt. So you have the sodium, you have the glucose and things that those electrolytes so that when you have nutrients come into your gut, you can absorb them better. And so, you know, and that's like an eight ounce glass of water to a teaspoon of salt and a teaspoon of sugar. And um, so when I did that, that helped my, my gut was so happy. I could feel it cheerleading. You know, then when I got to the next part, you know, I'm thinking like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? I'm get, I'm still having this issue and I can just get it under control because I was trying to put the cart before the horse. You know, I said, what can I do to make it so that my gut is more soothing? So I did cold laser because I have a cold laser myself and I looked at foods to eat. So I drank rice water. You know, when I made rice, I don't eat rice normally. It's not something, a starch that I gravitate to at all. And so, you know, I made rice water and I drank a, like a whole jug of like 16 ounces of rice water. And um, I started drinking it every day and I had rice along with it because rice is a good component to bind the gut. And so that it can get, it can start to slow down. So it's not on hyper activity mode. And then my acupuncturist in Boston, who's brilliant, um, Janie Fellis Jenkins, she said to me, you need to take this one, um, one product. And I said, I don't have that product. I would have to order it. So I don't keep products like that in stock where I live at going, it doesn't work, but you might use one, you know, you, I might use that for one time, but I don't have it for all time. So what I, what she had me do was to get Celtic sea salt and make Celtic sea salt packets and to keep on using them every day and wear them for five hours on, five hours off, five hours on. And in one day, 24 hours, I went from being sick to being almost healthy. I just, I was on that, like that, I, it got me to the point to where I needed to get. So it gave my intestinal tract a time to slow down and re-inoculate with a good component of things that were in that are supposed to be in the gut. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, you know, it's like when, you know, doctor heal thyself, you have to remember what you tell people as a doctor. It's just like, hey, do this, you know, and, you know, and it's, it's a process. There's no process that does not require time. So when, you know, your brother who has this issue, right, that he has, you know, he's got all the components to heal. He just, they just have to put those components in an, an organized fashion. So, you know, your next best step, do this next, do this next, you know, do this next. So he has an opportunity to heal his gut. And then he will know, you know, he probably already knows intrinsically what it was that he's been doing that seemed to have aggravated his um, situation. 
um, to begin with. So it got to a point to where it's in crisis. And so many people, when you ask them, you know, hey, how's your health doing? How's it been in the last two years? Most people go, fine. <laughs> They're really short with that answer. And it makes me laugh because, you know, then they think about it. I said, no, seriously, like, how's your health been in the last two years? And they have the capacity then to start kind of like, hey, you know, uh, and you start asking your friends and your family, I'm bloated, I have stomach pain. And it seems like whoever you're asked had that same problem. And they go, oh, don't worry, it goes away. But the problem is, is that when you wait to, you know, if you take care of that before it becomes a crisis, there's a lot less to do to help fix that as opposed to when you're in crisis. Like Pete, when I had my office, as a chiropractor, people would wait till they couldn't walk <laughs> to come in. I said, if you came in every month for a couple treatments, it keeps your body functionally sound and moving. You know, structures function. If you don't have good structure, you can't have good function. And so I had a big maintenance practice when I had still had my practice because people knew that it's that if they did something now and all the chiropractors, when I left and patients of mine found somebody else to go see, they all said, your patients are so well-trained <laughs> because they don't want to wait till they have a crisis. And we shouldn't have to wait for it to have a crisis in our health, you know, and maintaining and having the foresight to see beyond our nine dots, you know, is where many times our answers lie. And then having the wherewithal to like, you know, say, okay, so this is the situation. I would say, go to your doctor and get your diagnosis and then come and see me and we'll figure out exactly what your next best step is. Amazing. It's, 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 it's fun. It's, it's, that's where I wake up in the morning. You asked me at the first thing, what do you do? I like to wake up in the morning and solve problems. So when someone comes to me with a puzzle and like you've got pieces missing, you know, we got to find where the pieces are and put them back in because, you know, that um, fireman, you know, hose and, you know, chisel kind of thing. Um, you know, you want to go to the person who has the right tools. You know, like you would on a fire, you'd never call a dentist. He has hoses and axes too, right? And chisel. And, you know, you got to call a, the carpenter, you know, to say, hey, my God, you, what a mess you are. And let's see how we can put the pieces of the puzzle back together. And if we have to recreate some of those pieces because they've been missing for so long, now you've got a hole punched in your wall, which is called leaky gut. Um, and you have this, you know, problem. You, you're overweight and you can't lose weight. Well, there's a reason a lot of people who are overweight and can't lose weight have pounds of toxicity in their gut area and inflammation. So if you can fix that, your, you know, your body will have a tendency to function more in tune with, um, more, more in tune with how it was made to do it. You know, so it's just like, if, if you look at the body and all the pieces that are inside, you don't think, oh, my gallbladder's here and it's attached to the liver. Well, the reason why it's there is because the liver sends, you know, this, you know, chemical into it or this, uh, this ingredient into it so I can make bile and bile is there because when I eat fat, then it like sends the bile out and it's constantly coating my stomach so I don't burn a hole in it with all the acid that's in the stomach. So take an acid reflex type things you know, it happens because the acid sits there too long and it doesn't get pushed through. Well, why, where's the glitch, you know? And, you, and going back and looking at where the glitch is, then if you can help support the body function more towards like it's supposed to at 
then and if you have all the pieces of the puzzle, the body has a tendency to really heal itself. Yeah. Right? It's, it's like you I mean, people tell me about nutrition, you know, it's just like I tell them like what's health and people say what what are the components of health? I always think this is funny. People say to me, it is nutrition. And they say to me, it's exercise. And they say to me, it's sleep. And I said, so that's what health is, right? And they say, right. So if that's the case, if I cut my hand, all I need to do is put a uh, bandaid on it, unless I'm a hemophiliac, you know, and I just need to eat, um, you know, a sandwich. I need to take a nap, you know, and I need to get on a treadmill and my finger should be healed. But it doesn't do it that way. There's a, there, it's so textured, you know, but it always makes me laugh and people always laugh when I'm um, speaking and I use that as an example. <laughs> Like think, how many people? Yeah, but again, it's it's a lot of education. It is a lot of people to understand and learn about this. But what I would say now is thank you, Dr. Pat, for sharing so much wisdom on this uh, podcast about health and nutrition and distinction between a lot of things as people have different way of looking at their own journey and their own life. And I would highly recommend if you are listening and if you have listened till now and if you know that somebody is suffering something please 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 get in touch with dr pat and i think she is just a another soul who wants to spread uh, her uh, way of working with people she's just trying to help as many people around the globe and her book uh, if you kindly tell us uh, about your book and how people can uh, uh, reach out to you. I was going to put some information in the description, but just uh, in a few seconds or a few minutes, if you just share this uh, uh, about your book, please. No problem. I would love to do that. Uh, my book, I can hold it up, is yes. called Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? Find out now. Yes. You know, discover your health's weakest and strongest link. What it does is it asks many questions. It looks at your system survey. We talked a little bit about the Swiss watch before. Yes. So it looks at where the Swiss watch is starting to slow down. And then it gives you a, a health snapshot of right now. So you can take a look at what's going on now and how all those organ systems are looking with each other. So when someone buys my book and I recommend the um, paper copy because you, you know, on audible copies or on, you know, Kindle copies, you don't ever see them. Sometimes you buy a book and forget that you have it. This is not a book that you do that with. This is a book that's a workbook, a guidebook and an advocating tool so that you can get a real good idea of where you're at and then what your next step is going to be. And so when people do, you know, I um, speak with people for about a half hour and they send me their chart um, from the book, because there's a way that you answer the questions. It's very organized. And where you answer the questions, and I take a look at a chart and I say, if it was me and I saw this, this is what I see when I look at this chart. If you want to go from, tell me where you want to go with this. Like, what do you, what do you want to accomplish? And then I can tell you a better roadmap, a better blueprint and how to get there. Um, so that book is on Amazon, it's on Barnes and Noble, it's on other digital sources on the internet that you can find. Um, and, you know, my socials include LinkedIn, that's how we met, is on LinkedIn. Um, and because I, I work a lot with busy professionals and female executives on that platform. Um, I also uh, am on Facebook and on Instagram, um, but I really focus on LinkedIn because that's where you can get a really big sense about, you know, who I am 
And, you know, I, I offer, because of the book, I offer that 30 minutes at no uh, charge with anybody. We, it's a Zoom call. Because I like to see people's faces. From Chinese medicine, you diagnose from the face also. The tongue, you can't do the pulse, obviously. But, you you know, you look at um, the why, you know, and the cause of the problem. You look for the root of the problem. Because if you can fix the root, then you can change your life. You know, and that's, and that's a huge gift for me to be able to give to, to anybody that's out there. I just, I love to be able to help people understand where they're at in other opportunities of what they can do, because there's always something that you can do to improve your health. Even if you've got it handled and you are A1 and brilliant at it, it's just there's always something that you can do to improve your health and improve your welfare. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing such a depth of knowledge with us and uh, offering that uh, uh, 30 minute consultation to, uh, consultation as well. I will put all the information in this podcast uh, for people to reach out to you and uh, get in touch with you regards to their uh, present uh, unwellness, which we call it. And, um, uh, and once again, uh, if you are listening and if you have uh, had some um, great uh, uh, wisdom received from this podcast. Please give us your uh, uh, score to this podcast. I really appreciate it. As 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 soon as I will uh, receive some feedback, I will make it more better and better for a lot of people around the globe. That's what my mission is for Chai with Sam Dosa to invite people to share their journey, their their in, in wisdom and inspiration to give their knowledge to a lot of people so thank you very much dr Baird, for being on my guest on chai with sam dosa i wish you all the success and um, in your upwards and onwards journey thank you thank you it's always good to be stronger than medicine <laughs> so, and that thank you very much namaste